Welcome to the Parkway Fellowship Podcast. We hope that God speaks to you through this message from Pastor Mike McGowan. Welcome. I'm so glad you're here today. My name is Mike McGowan. Uh, I'm the senior pastor here, and it is so great to be back with you. Um, I've had a month off. I took some vacation time, much needed. I was on a mission trip to South Africa, and I'll be telling you more about that in the coming weeks, and especially when we get to December um, with our Christmas series. But I'm so glad to be back with you today. I have missed you guys. I've missed this church, and I've missed seeing all of you, uh, you know, on a weekly basis. And so today, we begin a brand new series called Peace Out. Because here's the deal. The Bible tells us that Jesus is the Prince of Peace. The Bible tells us that we can have a peace that passes all understanding. The Bible says that God keeps his followers in perfect peace. So why don't we feel that? Like, why don't we feel that kind of peace in our lives? Why are we sometimes so filled with such worry and fear and anxiety? Why is it that we can experience an event, and I'm telling you, as soon as that stressful event happens, man, peace just flies out the door. You know, I remember one time when my queen and I, we experienced one of these, you know, types of events. And some of you have been around Parkway Fellowship for a while. Like, you've heard parts of this story before. Um, but after Amy and I had been married for three years, we were blessed and were expecting our first baby. And uh, so, you know, we were really excited, you know, about adding this new addition to our family and that kind of thing. And so it was just a, just a really a wonderful time in life. But, but, but as the birth of the baby began to draw closer, we began to feel a little stressed out, right? I mean, especially when it's your first child, you have no idea what to expect. And then when Amy was seven months pregnant, God told us that he wanted me to quit my job and start Parkway Fellowship. And, we, and get this, we didn't have, we, we knew that we weren't, I wasn't going to have the kind of salary I was, gonna be, I was making. We weren't going to have any insurance. We didn't have any people. We didn't even have a name for this church at that time. We didn't even have a place to meet. We had nothing. And so... That added some stress to our lives, okay? And so we, um, you know, we, everybody that we knew thought we were totally crazy. In fact, my parents and Amy's parents, they thought like we had just lost it. Like we, like, and, and they, you know, they secretly, you know, thought that we were being irresponsible because, you know, they wanted their grandchild to actually have food to eat, right? <laughs> and let's be honest, they really weren't that secret about it. Like, we knew how they really felt. Like, we got that. And so that added a little stress. And so we pitched this idea of a new church to a lot of our friends, and uh, most of them said no, that they didn't want to, they weren't going to come be a part of it. A few of them said, yeah, we'll take that step of faith with you. And so Parkway Fellowship was formed. But look, but get this. When, when we started the church, like, it was really small. I mean, really small. And although the church... We had enough people, the church could provide insurance for us, you know, so, you know, when our first child was born, I still had to take a 41% salary cut. So that added some stress, right? And so when events like that happen, we experience stress and peace, I'm telling you, it just flies out the door. So whenever we experience things like, you know, getting married, 
or having a baby or changing jobs, facing a salary cut, feeling abandoned by friends or family, all those things add so much worry and anxiety. I'm telling you, just peace just flies out the door. And that's not to mention other things like a health scare, surgery, relationship issues, marriage issues, kid issues, teenage issues, a breakup, a divorce, credit card debt, car problems. I'm telling you, all these kinds of things can add stress off. Things like when you know, we're in the attic with a saw and we actually cut through a water line and water starts spewing everywhere, floods the attic and starts pouring down through the light fixture in the room below. Okay, that's probably just me. But that adds some serious stress to your life, right? So when things like that happen, how do we handle that? Like, how, how, how can we have peace? And here's the other deal. What is it about stressful circumstances that causes us to lose peace? I, I know it seems like it should be obvious, but sometimes it's not. There's two things, and I want you to write these down. So pull out your message notes. Write these two down. There's two key things that cause us to lose our sense of peace. Here's the first reason. Number one is this, is that we get caught up playing the what-if game. We just get so wrapped up playing the what-if game. In our mind, we run through different scenarios of like, well, what if we don't have enough money? What if our insurance doesn't cover it? What if I can't find another job? You know, what if something happens to the kids? What if the diagnosis is worse than I thought? What if I end up alone? You know, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if? And we begin this downward spiral of playing the what-if game. And have you noticed that, ironically, we, we never think of like, well, what if things got better? Like, we never, we never think that. We always imagine like, oh, and it just, and I'm telling you, when that happens, man, it is hard to have any kind of peace, right? Here's the second reason to write this one down. Second reason is, is that a change in circumstances doesn't actually bring peace. A change in circumstances doesn't actually bring peace. We, we think it will, but it, but it really doesn't. Now, a change in circumstances does relieve panic, but it doesn't bring peace. Because, get this, the absence of panic is not the same as actually having peace. And what we're going to discover in this series is that peace doesn't come through circumstances. Peace comes from God. It comes from him and his work in our lives. And it's independent of circumstances. But here's the thing. As long as we think that peace is just merely the absence of trouble, then whenever trouble comes knocking, I'm telling you, peace runs out the back door. And so the scenario that we, under, that we get from the Bible, the picture we get in the Bible of a Christ follower is that a Christ follower is someone who can have peace in their heart and peace in their life regardless of their circumstances. The picture we get in the Bible of Christ followers is people who, despite what they're going through, despite what their circumstances are, despite how worried and stress-filled and anxiety-filled that their lives ought to be, that they just have a sense of inner peace. Because that peace is independent of their circumstances because it comes from our Heavenly Father. So for us, how, how can we have that? Like, how can we tap into that kind of peace? And so today for the next, and for the next four weeks, we're going to talk about that. So how? 
How can God bring peace in my life regardless of circumstances? How can God teach me to say peace out to worry and anxiety and have that kind of inner peace in my life? Well, for us today, there are two things we have to remember and one thing we have to do. So here's the first of the two things we got to remember. Here, write this one down. This is the first thing I got to remember. I got to remember this, that the Lord is bigger than I can imagine. I got to remember that the Lord is bigger than I can imagine. Let's look at what Paul says, and this is really the only place we're going to be in the Bible today is this little section of scripture. So let's read the first part of it in Philippians chapter 4, beginning in verse 4. Paul says this, he says, rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again. Rejoice. Now look, I, I know that this, I know this verse doesn't say anything about like, God being bigger than I can ever imagine. In fact, it just simply says to rejoice. And in case you're not paying attention, Paul says, you know what? I'll say it again. Rejoice. Okay, so the, the question for us is, why is this verse so important? Like, why is this particular verse such a big deal. Well, here's why. You got to remember that when Paul is writing this particular verse, he's not lying on a hammock between two palm trees on the beach in Cancun, okay? He, his foot is chained to the wall of a Roman dungeon. And so it's in that circumstance that Paul writes the words, rejoice in the Lord always. And by always, you know, you and I would think, well, okay, sure, Paul, by always, you mean except for when your foot is tied to the wall of a Roman dungeon, right? And Paul would say, no, 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 no. He would say, especially when your foot is tied to the wall of a Roman dungeon, rejoice in the Lord. And in case you weren't paying attention, I'll say it again. Rejoice. Rejoice. That's what he's saying. What he's saying. And he's telling us to rejoice because Paul is convinced that God is bigger than his circumstances, that God is bigger than his jailer, that he's bigger than Caesar who is on the throne, that he's bigger than the Roman Empire that rules the world. Paul is convinced that God is bigger than his circumstances. And so he can say, chained to the wall of a Roman prison, he can say, rejoice in the Lord always. And I'll say it again. Rejoice. Now, how do we know for sure that this is Paul's mindset and like I'm just not filling in all the blanks and just kind of like leading us to a place that may or may not be real? How do we know? Well, we know because of the word choice Paul selects here. In fact, uh, this is your next fill-in. The word Lord that he uses in this verse is the Greek word kyrios, which means Lord and Master of all things. It means Lord and Master of all things. This word is used 717 times in the New Testament, and it essentially means God is supreme. He is Lord and Master. He is kyrios of all things. And because he's curious, because he is Lord, because he is supreme, Paul can say, rejoice. 
Rejoice that no matter your circumstances, whether you're in a hammock between two palm trees on the beach in Cancun, or your foot is tied to the wall of a Roman dungeon, or your life is just somewhere in between, you can rejoice. Why? Because God is Lord and master of all things. He is supreme. He is curios. That there is nothing beyond his reach, that there is nothing that he can't do, there's nothing he can't alter, there's nothing he can't change, there is no circumstance that is beyond his power. Why? Because he is the Lord. He is Kyrios. So rejoice, because he's bigger than you can imagine. And so here's what I want you to do. Whenever you're you, you feel like worry and stress and anxiety begin to, you know, build up. Whenever, whenever maybe you start playing the what-if game, whenever you start spiraling out, whenever you start getting to worry, here's what I want you to do. I want you in your mind to picture Paul with his foot chained to the wall, chained to the wall of a Roman dungeon, and he's looking you dead in the eye, and he's telling you, he says to you, rejoice. Rejoice. Because the God you love, the God you serve, the God you believe in, he is curious. He's bigger than you can imagine. And so you know what? I'll say it again. Rejoice. Picture that in your mind. That's what he's saying. That's the first thing you've got to remember. Okay? Here's the second thing you've got to remember. Number two. Write this down. The second thing you've got to remember is this. Is that the Lord is closer than I can feel. The Lord is closer than I can feel. Let's look what Paul adds to this same set of verses here. Philippians 4, let's read verses 4 and 5. Paul says, rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. Verse 5 he says, let your gentleness be evident to all. And I want you to underline this last sentence. He says, the Lord is near. Now, curious enough, the word Lord here is not the word kyrios. It's just a generic word which means God. It just, it just recognizes God as a deity, okay? Now, when it says the Lord is near, scholars are split on what he means by, you know, the Lord is near. One group of scholars says that it means that, well, the second coming of Christ is near, and so because Jesus is about to come back, you don't need to stress, you don't need to worry, because when Jesus comes back, all these circumstances you're going through are going to change anyway, so you don't need to worry, because Jesus' second coming is near. Another group of scholars say that, no, it's really talking about the presence of Christ, that the presence of Christ is near. And so because Jesus is near to you, his presence is near to you, you don't need to worry and have anxiety, okay? Well, which is it? The truth is, I think it's both. I think it's both. But here's the deal. Since we don't know when Jesus is going to come back, let's focus for a few moments on the nearness of of the presence of Christ. Because Christ is near you, no matter what circumstance you're going through. Now, why is that so important? Like, why would Paul take the time to make sure he writes that? Here's why. Because it's important for you to remember that God has not forgotten you. That no matter what you're going through, he has a program because look, here's the deal. Sometimes when we feel worried and we're just, you know, latent with anxiety and stress, it feels like God is a thousand miles away. 
it feels like he's forgotten you and what you're going through. But that's not true. And so Paul takes the time to write. He says, no, no, no. The Lord is near. He is near you. And get this. Just because you can't feel him doesn't mean he's not near. That's why Paul takes the time to write this, because he knows that when you're filled with anxiety for whatever it is you're going through, it might feel like God is a thousand miles away, but he's not. He's closer to you than you can feel. He hasn't forgotten you. He is near. He knows everything you're going through. He knows everything you're experiencing. He, God can read every worrisome thought that's going through your mind. And how does he know that? Because he's near. He's closer to you than you can feel. So don't trust your feelings. Trust what he says, that he's near. Okay? Now, so those are the two things that I've got to remember. That he's bigger than I can imagine, and then he's nearer than I can feel. And here's the one thing that he tells us to do. Number three, he tells me this. He says, I need to turn my worry into a prayer. That I need to turn my worry into a prayer. Now, let's, let's read the whole section of Scripture that he gives us here in Philippians 4, 4 through 7. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. You know, and, and why does he tell that? Because God is bigger than I can imagine. And he said, verse 5, let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Because remember, Jesus is closer than I can feel. So here's what I'm supposed to do. Verse 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And here's the result we're looking for. Verse 7. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding. That means that it won't make any sense. That even if you're chained to the wall of a dungeon, that you can have peace. That when everything else in your life just seems to be crumbling all around you, you can have a sense of inner peace, and it won't make sense to anybody else around you. In fact, it might not even make sense to you, because it transcends all understanding. And it says that it will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So, the Bible says, and Paul says, the only thing that he tells us to actually go and do is to not be anxious, but instead, with everything, present everything as a prayer to God. Basically, what he's telling you is to turn your worry into a prayer. Okay? How do you do that? Let me give you a few examples here. Let's say you're worried about your family finances. And so what you do is you say, okay, God, Father, I lift our family finances up to you. And I ask that you would give us wisdom and insight to know where we need to cut our expenses. And our trust is fully in you to provide additional income when we need it. Or let's say that you're worried about what to do with your aging parents. You turn that worry into a prayer. You say, God, I ask that you would give us wisdom to know the next steps to proceed and help us to know what it is that we can do that would best honor my mother and father, but at the same time, do what's best for our family. 
Or maybe, maybe your worry is with your teenager. Because, you're, you know, your teenager's starting to give you some attitude. And so you turn that worry into a prayer. You say, Father, help me remember what it's like to want more independence, but yet not be ready for more responsibility. And so help me respond and coach my teenager you know, appropriately, and at the same time, give my son or daughter humility to hear it. You know, or maybe, maybe you're worried about your adult child and where your adult child's going to end up. You turn that worry into a prayer like, oh God, please tell my 28-year-old son it's time to move out. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> or, but, but seriously, if you really are worried about your, your adult child, what you want to do is say, okay, God, my, my adult child doesn't listen to me as much anymore, and so I ask that you would put some other voices in my son or daughter's life, and that through them, you would speak, and you would guide my son or daughter down the path you want them to take, and help me cheer them on every step of the way. You, you see, you take whatever it is that you're worried about, and you turn that worry into a prayer. That's what Paul is telling you to do today. Okay, now, here's where all this is going, okay? I want you to see what the three things we've talked about, what they all have in common, okay? And the three things we've talked about, that God is bigger than I can imagine, that he's closer than I can feel, and that I need to take, turn my worries into prayers. All three of those things have, in, have one thing in common. They all have in common where I look. Because when I'm worried, I am looking at my circumstances. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at whatever it's causing me stress. I'm looking at whatever it is that I'm walking through. I'm looking at whatever is around my feet because that's what I'm walking through in the moment. But all three of these things that Paul's telling us to do changes our focus of looking at my heavenly father instead. Because I look at him and I realize that he's bigger than I can imagine. I remember that he's closer than I can feel. And that I need to take these things that are at my feet, these worries, and I just turn them into prayers. And I lay them at his feet. It's all about where we look. Because when I look at my heavenly father, it changes everything. And what does the Bible say is the result? The result is, and that because, the result is that God says, when I change where I look, and it, because it's then and only then, when I change where I look, that I can have a peace that transcends all understanding. Then it won't make sense to anybody else, and it might not even make sense to me, but I'll have peace that's independent of my circumstances. See, when Amy and I we're starting Parkway Fellowship. We had that kind of peace that no matter all those things that should have been stressing us out, we had a sense of inner peace. And I don't know, you're thinking, oh, come on, Pastor Mike, I mean, for real? Of course you had peace. You're a pastor, and you're starting a church for God. Of course you're going to have peace. No, 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 no. I promise you, that's not why we had peace. 
Uh, you would think that, but, but that's not why we had peace. The reason we had peace is because every single day, even though we were weeks away from a newborn baby, even though I had walked away from a job and at that time we, didn't, we still didn't have insurance, even though I had taken a 41% salary cut, even though our family were way stressed out for us, we had a sense of inner peace because literally every day we were taking all those things that worried us and we were just laying them at God's feet. We just took all those words and we just turned them into prayers and we just laid them at God's feet. Uh, the money stuff, the people stuff, the church stuff, the insurance stuff, the baby stuff, all the stuff that was causing us worry. We just, we just laid this, we did it every day. And, and look, and it wasn't like some, you know, big thing that we had scheduled, okay, from like 6.30 to 9.30, we're going to pray. No, we just, we just did it privately, each of us on our own. And the strangest thing, we had peace the whole time. We never worried about anything. We, I mean, we really did. It was, the, it was the weirdest thing. We didn't even understand it. Because that kind of peace transcends understanding. And again, everybody was stressed out for us. But we weren't stressed at all. Because we had peace. And it wasn't until later that we realized it was because of where we looked every day. And the same is true for you. No matter what you're going through. If you will change where you look you'll have peace. Now look, I want to be honest with you. There is one scenario in life where no matter what you do, you can never have peace. There is one scenario in life where no matter what you might attempt, peace will forever elude you. And that scenario is if you have never asked Jesus Christ to come into your life and trusted him. Because here's the deal, God sometimes sends difficult circumstances into our lives to bring us to a point of desperation, to bring us to a point in life where we finally sink to our knees and cry out, God, I can't do this on my own anymore. I've tried, and I need you. And when you finally get to that point, God says, it's about time. God says, that was the, that's my whole point in bringing this difficulty into your life is so that you would finally turn to me. And so if that's you and that's where you're at, then use this desperate time in your life as God's calling to ask you to trust him. And so if you've never asked Jesus Christ to come into your life to forgive you and then follow him as best you can from this point forward, then you need to do that today. Because until you do inner peace, I promise you, it'll forever elude you. You'll never have it. So if you've never prayed a prayer like that, there's a prayer. It's at the bottom of your message. I want you to take a moment. I want you to pray that prayer right now. Okay? Now, if you're already a Christ and you've prayed that prayer sometime in your past, and you're still at a place of desperation in your life, that is God telling you, to change where you're looking. Stop looking at the circumstances that you're walking through. Stop looking at what's at your feet and start looking to your Heavenly Father because he's bigger than you can imagine. He's closer than you can feel. And he's waiting for you 
to turn your worries into prayers. So I want everybody to bow your head, close your eyes. Let me, let me pray for you. Father, thank you so much. Thank you that you let Paul pen these words to us in the desperate circumstance that he was in because you clearly wanted to show us that peace comes from you and not from circumstance. And so I ask that you would help us to embrace that and that you would remind us to stop looking at our circumstances and things around our feet and look to you because you are curious. You're the Lord and the master of all things in life. So help us to seek you with all our heart and to trust you every step of the way. And that you would help us to say peace out, to worry, stress, and anxiety, and have that inner peace that transcends all understanding. We ask you to do this. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. For more information about Parkway Fellowship, find us online at parkwayfellowship.com. You can also download our mobile app for access to the most recent messages, video content, and much more.